Hey, thanks for signing up for the Public Beta Podcast. It is Friday, October 16th. Uh, I'm going to quickly let you know what's going on here. I am working remote. Reed is still in the office. And wouldn't you know it, uh, we're cursed just like the Sammy Guevara-Matt Hardy feud on uh, AEW. Couldn't get uh, the recording to work yesterday. So, uh, I'm going to throw to myself from yesterday, doing what we will refer to as the prequel episode of the podcast. Uh, At the end of that, it's going to shift into me and Reed doing our secondary part of the podcast, uh, concluding with a discussion on Pokemon, of course. And then we'll throw back to me yesterday... Uh, signing out the show. Got it? Good? Excellent. <laughs> hey, thanks for signing up for the Public Beta Podcast. Your host this week, Lee, going solo. Uh, it is, uh, we're a day late, but never a dollar short. Reed, God bless him, uh, was trying to get online here, uh, left a headset of his at home, and you know how Skype and iPhones and all that works. Uh, he was unable to get a, 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 a something remote going to do the podcast. So he is sitting it out. Uh, he may submit something for what he's been playing that I will seamlessly fit into the podcast. It, you won't even know he wasn't here. Uh, so we'll see if that happens. Otherwise, we'll be back to the regular format of the show next week. Wednesday would be the plan. Uh, let's talk about video games in the week of uh, October 15th, 2020, Thursday. As I mentioned, uh, this morning we got the reveal of the PlayStation 5 user interface. And some people have really really big opinions on uh, what a user interface should look like and how it works uh, for for my own uh, account I I don't really care uh, I thought the 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 cross media bar that the ps3 and the uh, the PSP shared was was pretty cool uh, what we have on the PlayStation 4 though I find is is, is really great and uh, PS5 just looks like a even more stripped down version of that when, when it comes to UIs what I am most concerned about is the snappiness of it. How quickly can I get back to the home screen? How quickly can I exit out of apps, enter new apps, jump between folders? And PlayStation, generally, even though I have a lot of games loaded onto there, is pretty snappy. Xbox has been awful uh, since launch. It is better now, admittedly, uh, but still navigating and how snappy things uh, come and go on the Xbox. They They have too many menus, too many different bars, too many ways to access things. You know, tapping the home button does one thing. Holding the home button gives you, like, a shortcut user interface. Uh, it's, I don't know, it's uh, needlessly complicated, you know, especially in the first few years there when I was playing Xbox One much more seldomly than PlayStation. Anytime I went into Xbox, I'm just like, god damn, does this seem uh, like at a snail's pace compared to uh, compared to the PlayStation? Uh, there's a little more news to talk about, which I'll get to, but first, uh, what we've been playing... Um, I've been playing a game called Hades, which I downloaded as of last week, but hadn't yet talked about, uh, which is interesting because it's mostly all I've been playing since then. Uh, of course, Animal Crossing, a daily occurrence. You gotta buy your candy. You gotta go to the store. You gotta get your candy. Uh, it turns out if you uh, don't have a uh, DIY, and I'm just remembering now that I was uh, meeting to log into my wife's character to get her a DIY last night that I did not. Uh, if you already have a spooky DIY that a villager is making, they will in fact give you candy instead, instead of an extra DIY, which is great, because uh, it means you have more candy for whatever the event will be on Halloween, uh, but not so great in that you don't get that extra DIY to share with friends. I don't know how many items big the spooky set is, uh, I feel like we've collected quite a bit of it. Of course we've planted fucking 7 billion pumpkins, uh, so no issue there. Uh, in general, I think the spooky set is uh, a huge improvement over what Easter had to offer. Uh, hopefully Easter this next year will bring another Easter set that's maybe less hideous uh, than the one we had the year previous. Otherwise, uh, it's it's you know it's autumn in Animal Crossing. What more could you ask for? Hades. Okay, Super Giant Games. 
Hades. This is a roguelike game. You play Zagreus, uh, the son of Hades, uh, the, the titular character, as it were. Uh, and you are trying to escape hell. Uh, you learn that, uh, soft spoilers here for the beginning of the game, uh, you learn that you, who you thought was your mother, uh, the, the god of night Nyx, is not, in, in fact, uh, one, your mother is in fact an, an Olympian god. Uh, so you are, you know, Hades is your father, uh, that makes uh, Zeus and Poseidon your uncles, and, uh, you know, a lot, of, a lot of incest going on in the Greek pantheon, uh, but you... Uh, you want to escape, uh, escape hell, go hang out with the other side of your family, you know, meet your mother and, uh, and all these guys up on Mount Olympus, but you cannot leave hell. Uh, this is, this is a, uh, Herculean, uh, pun not intended task, uh, for Zagreus. Uh, now as a roguelike, you of course do get permanent upgrades as you go through the dungeon, but l before we talk about any of that, let's just talk about the gameplay here. So, uh, at its core, uh, you are choosing a weapon. A weapon type. The weapons have certain attacks that are consistent every time you pick up the weapon. You do not upgrade these weapons, as far as I know, in any way. Uh, you don't get additional moves and stuff like that that are permanent. Uh, what you do get is these different boons from the gods that greatly augment uh, your weapon, its attacks, and kind of your playstyle, uh, which is the replayability of this game in a nutshell, uh, and why it is a far superior roguelike to something like Rogue Legacy, which has been touted as uh, one of the more contemporary best roguelikes. And I wholly disagree with that then and now. Uh, Rogue, uh, Rogue Legacy is a really cool game in that, yes, you're rolling a different character every time. Uh, they have little gimmicks. They have little fun. The, the gameplay, uh, you know, is fine. Uh, it's like a ham-fisted Castlevania and Rogue Legacy, uh, but here the gameplay is almost like a Diablo, something that's very twitchy. Uh, you have a dash button, you have a normal attack, you have a special button, and you have a cast, quote-unquote, which is like a magic spell. Uh, in addition to that, you get a call, uh, which is like a thing that powers up a magic meter, etc., etc. Now, the augments you get, of course, are reset every time you fail in the dungeon. And you will fail in the dungeon, but the game will make you feel... Uh, listen, so the the reason why I think so many people are latching onto this game, why so many people, uh, it's appealing to so many people, is they have found the balance for a roguelike here, uh, unlike any I've ever played, where even when you fail, you feel like you've learned something, the game is giving you something, either story, uh, some kind of new, you know, a new character to interact with, a, a, new, a new system in the game, a new item, and how you interact with it. The game is constantly dripping these things at you, on top of you legitimately, uh, as you gain knowledge and, and gain permanent upgrades, being able to push that little bit further into the dungeon every time. And the difficulty balance is such that you always feel that your shortcomings come down on the weapon you've chosen, the boons you've chosen, uh, and you never feel slighted. You never feel like the game is, is cheap in trying to send you back uh, to the House of Hades, which is the hub world. In that hub world... Uh, you, you emerge out of like a pool of blood uh, when you die. You see a line of ghosts waiting to be judged by Hades. There's a number of characters here you can interact with. A Medusa head, Achilles is there. Uh, all of the Greek gods and and other, you know, characters from uh, that whole, whole scene are involved here. There is a like relationship mechanic where you can talk to these people and learn more about them. You can give them gifts and in turn they give you charms of which you can equip one when you go into the dungeon that do a myriad of things such as uh, giving you an extra life. Uh, you know, giving you 100 coins to start. And you can level these up too, uh, which means that you're going to be equipping the ones you don't necessarily... When you're going into the dungeon, you're like, okay, I'm equipping this weapon. 
this is the weapon I'm best with. But until you get into that dungeon, you don't know what boons are going to be handed. You don't know what to expect when you're going in every time, which makes it very addicting to when you lose, uh, immediately starting again, either uh, equipping the same weapon or whatnot. There are boons equipped to the weapons as you choose them. It's like, hey, if you use the sword this round, you're going to get 20% more darkness, which is the EXP. Uh, that you use to level up your character in a big mirror in your room. So there is some story elements here. There are cutscenes it cuts away to sometimes. You meet different characters. Uh, th the amount of dialogue in this game is uh, astounding. Uh, just even throwaway lines for the character walking past a chair and, and clicking rest on it. And him telling you, hey, I don't want to rest right now. There, I I've heard dozens of lines. Uh, the bosses of the different levels, there are augmented bosses. You don't fight the same boss every time. Um... So it spices it up a little bit there. Depending on the weapon type you use, maybe you encounter an alternate boss that really gets your goat uh, and, and things go sideways or things seem to be going very well and then uh, the rug is pulled out from under you. So last night I was able to make it to the fourth uh, area of the game, which I believe is called the Tower of Sticks. Uh, if you start in Tartarus, which is kind of your dungeony, ghosty uh, area. Uh, you move on to, I forget the, this is the, the name of the second area, but it's the more volcanic, volcanic uh, fiery hell. You move on to Elysium, which is where, of course, the uh, the greatest warriors are, are, are laid to rest in the underworld. So it's more of a flowery, almost elven, blue and green looking area. Uh, and to uh, to get through that area, I'm not going to necessarily spoil the bosses and stuff here, but goddamn, uh, does it feel satisfying to, to beat those bosses or to feel so powerful heading into the boss that you're like, oh, I've got this this time. And then you're just looking forward to what's coming next. I'm so powerful. How could anything stop me? And then immediately you lose three lives in the last area when you realize there's a poison mechanic now and uh, enemies are taking so many hits that you need to focus on your dodging. You need to focus on avoiding taking damage. Uh, I have not yet received a charm that allows me to switch weapons between areas. I, I have a charm that... Uh, or something that allows me to switch charms. It was a renovation. So you also get these little worker guys. Uh, and you get gems you can feed to them to uh, add rooms to the dungeon. Such as a fountain room where you can heal. Or uh, change different cosmetic things around the game. Uh, I've just unlocked now. Uh, where I can even further augment things with renovations. Such as every time I collect gold I also get this. Every time I get this I also get this. All these things leaped on, to, uh, on top of each other with all these different currencies, meaning you're upgrading these things all the time. And every time you head back into the dungeon, there is a noticeable advantage you have you didn't before. The rooms are so varied. Of course, it's a roguelike, so every time you head into the dungeon, it is completely randomly laid out. Before you head into a room, it tells you above the room what you can expect to get as a reward for that room. Uh, and the rewards range from money, experience, uh, talking to a god and getting their boon, uh, you know, getting a minotaur heart so you get more maximum health and stuff like that. Uh, so you kind of, you know, look at how you're, you're like, I don't need experience points this run. I just unlocked a big thing. Experience points aren't what I need. I'm going deep right now. What do I need? Uh, I found a character in Elysium uh, that actually replenishes your lives. Uh, so you start the game, you die once, you're done. Uh, you get a ability early on that allows you uh, to, to revive once. And then there's, uh, if you give a gift to your skeletal dummy named Skelly, I believe, uh, he will uh, allow you to respawn again with a lucky tooth or something like that. So you can stack those and you can level up that ability. So now I have three additional lives. Uh, and when two of those are gone and I'm heading into a boss fight and that guy shows up in a room, you're static. You're like, I got all my lives back. I'm feeling confident. Uh, and that was the run that I got to the last area. And so for weapons, I have currently a sword, a bow, a shield, a spear, and fists. And I have the last weapon available. I don't. It looks like a gun. I don't know what it is. 
uh, but it's available for unlocking once I have a couple more keys. You also use those keys to unlock further uh, boosts on your experience point mirror or whatever you want to call it. The game's great. Uh, the main character is is very likable, very cool. Uh, you know, lots of cool accents, lots of cool takes on the characters. The illustrations are beautiful. Uh, the there's consistency where the characters uh, reference having spoken to each other before. Uh, I recently started getting duo rooms where you'll see above the door it says it's Zeus and uh, someone else. You head in and you choose one or the other. That first one gives you a boon. The second one is insulted and then gives you some kind of trial and then gives you a boon as well. You can also get boons that uh, match up. So I got one where I throw, let's say, my cast becomes a thing I throw that becomes a cloud of poison. But hey, I got a Zeus duo on that. Now in that cloud of poison there's also lightning strikes. Uh, which is super cheap, uh, especially if you level up your cast, uh, get multiple cases of your cast, uh, and you can just spam that, and it changes completely how you were playing the game at that point. Um, there are things like, with the bow, your standard attack is you hold down, you release when it flashes to do critical or maximum damage. There's a boon you get where it's like, hey, fuck all that, hold the button down, and now you have rapid fire. Now there's another boon where, hey... Fuck all that. It's even faster rapid fire now. But then you get something for your special, which is a barrage of arrows that's like, hey, it's more arrows now. Hey, it does weak uh, status effect. Hey, it does uh, hangover status effect. As you go through the dungeon, you, moment to moment, room to room, your playstyle can completely change based on this. There's even boons for your dash. That's like, hey, where your dash ends up, you create a, uh, a cloud of poison, etc. Et the combinations, the amount of things, I'm still seeing new things uh, in the game. And I think I'm over a dozen runs now. Uh, I'm not really keeping track of, like, from a difficulty point of view, I never feel slighted. I never feel discouraged. I know if I go play that game again, and I have a fluke run where I die on the second boss, which has never happened, I won't feel bad about it, and the game will make sure I don't feel bad about it, giving me some kind of reward, giving me some kind of reason to continue playing. Hades is a fantastic roguelike. It is on PC and Switch, and I, I highly recommend it. Uh, I don't know what more there is to to say on I'm, I'm I'm trying to clear the game. Of course, I'm to understand there's a ton of stuff to do in the game afterwards. And the game is so fun that clearing the game, quote unquote, escaping uh, from hell is is kind of just the beginning. Like you, I want to see how dominating uh, as a character you can get, how powerful you can get, just based on your own skill level. It's a game that makes you feel like you're good at video games when you're not. Uh, and that's very hard to accomplish, especially in a game that wants to feel like it has a gradual difficulty curve. And this game has it. So I cannot say enough good things about Hades. Uh, it'll be a game that definitely comes up in a Game of the Year conversation. For me, if you like roguelikes, if you like uh, Diablo-style action, I guess we'll say. Or something more like uh, like the game Ruiner. Uh, it's not a dual-stick shooter. This is It's all face-button. You are deliberately choosing uh, what you're using to attack, what you're, what you're doing. So... Highly recommend Hades. What else have I been playing? That's kind of it. Firing up some Animal Crossing Pocket Camp, uh, which is, of course, fun. Uh, it's crazy to see how far that game has come. It's a, a couple years in already. All the different sets and stuff they've added to that game is something that I really hope uh, they end up somehow transferring into New Horizons at some point. Because there's so much really cool imaginative stuff that they've added to, uh, to Pocket Camp. Of course, being a, a kind of gotcha game or whatever, they have to do that. They have to have Dangolette Carrot. Uh, to get you to spend that real money. With Animal Crossing New Horizons, you've already spent the money. And uh, what they give you is just gravy at that point. So let's talk uh, this week, of course, about uh, what is new in the world of next-gen upgrades. Destiny 2 will have a free next-gen upgrade uh, that will arrive in December. If you're playing on PS4 or Xbox One, presumably you'll be able to download those versions immediately and start playing on PS4 and Xbox uh, sorry, PS5 and Xbox Series X, and then, of course, in December, some kind of graphical 
upgrade will come out. And I guess you would just download that separate game, or would it happen automatically? I don't know. I didn't read the uh, the thing here. What I care about is free upgrades, which makes things less complicated for everyone involved, such as Borderlands 3. They're going to be launching a second uh, season pass, and it's going to launch alongside Next Gen, uh, which is to say Xbox Series X on November 10th. If you already own a copy of Borderlands 3, you already have the upgraded version. Good stuff. Shout out where it's uh, where it's deserved. Uh, that's great. That's easy. It's a Listen, that's a game that's already built around a structure where, listen, we can have a... Uh, we can have a second season pass to get that to get that extra money, whatever the upgrade cost would be. We'll get people playing the game again. Well, Borderlands DLC has always sold, uh, so it's it's going to be fine. That's a very intelligent way of doing it. Uh, listen, it's easy for me to say the intelligent way to do it is to not charge people a second time. You're going to do what you're going to do. Uh, but shout out to Destiny and Borderlands for for handing off that transition. Those are both games that are that are as a service, right? So Destiny wants to ease people into the PS5, into the Xbox Series X as easily as they can, especially because they have a fucking expansion coming out that week. Uh, they delayed the thing and delayed the thing, and I, I believe it's coming out that week now. So, goddamn, there's going to be a lot of games to play in one month's time. PS5 can record voice chat audio for moderation purposes. People are upset about this. They're saying the new 8.0 firmware upgrade... Uh, adds this it does not add it apparently to the playstation 4 sony has clarified but on the ps5 if you're using voice chat in party uh and someone reports you that chat is being recorded uh it can be used for moderation purposes i don't listen there's just going to be a server box somewhere in japan that just has hours upon hours of of people swearing and calling each other racial slurs i mean that's fun to think about but not so much that People don't like the Big Brother thing. They don't... Like, the console's spying on you at all times. Uh, you know, you can go in there and, and turn off the microphone. You can go in there and... It's what people had a problem with Connect, right? It's just like, no, you plug it in. You leave this thing staring at your living room uh, at all times of day. And, uh, you know, you need to ask Connect something. It's there. Uh, this this is... It's something that's buried, of course, in the system uh, software update stuff. But uh, people dug it out and they're, uh, they're pretty upset about it. Don't worry about it. No one wants to hear what you have to say. And chances are, if you're in a party chat situation or, or something like that, you're talking to friends anyway. I don't know. I don't know what will come of this. Uh, it's something they thought they needed. Uh, it's it's very strange. Like if you're like I'm reporting this person, they said this in chat. Is that enough right now to get someone banned? I don't think it is. If Sony can then go in and listen to the chat and hear them say it, does that make it now? There's there's some kind of evidence. I don't know. That's pretty bogus. Uh, yeah, around uh, 7 p.m. They they called me this name, and uh, it's against your terms and service. So go, listen, there's so many more egregious uh, security things going on with your consoles right now. I, I wouldn't be too worried about this, people. Uh, you know, Reed's not here, so let's talk about Marvel's Avengers. A huge, massive patch hit. Uh, there's a new outpost. There's a Tatian Rift mission. Uh, none of it looks like anything that makes me want to go play this game again. They need to add those other characters and new modes if they're going to do so. Uh, for me to give a shit about that game again. I have not played it in a week, so. There's Hades now. We don't we don't have to. Uh, rapper Logic. Yeah, that's right. Uh, he bought a Pokemon Charizard uh, card. I was going to bring this up during the Pokemon segment, but since we are forgoing that this week, I'll mention it here. This guy spent like a quarter of a million dollars on a fucking Charizard card. It's, uh, you know, encased in Lucite and a first edition, so... 
what I remember from the scry back in the day, this card would be worth like 200 to $500, uh, I think was in my day collecting Pokemon cards. I have a Charizard. It is not a first edition. And the most I was ever offered for it was, I think, $200. And it's not first edition. So I was at the height of, uh, of Pokemon. And, of course, the condition of the card was pretty good. Shout out to the Comic Cave. That's no longer around. This is insane. Uh, but when you really consider it, this is a, a collectible, think of like a baseball card that's now, you know, 25 years old. And th this is the one. This is the, what was the, the magic card? The Black Lotus? This is the Black Lotus. It's the Black Charizard. Uh, it's, uh, it's good stuff. If, you, if you're not familiar with the first gen of Pokemon cards, they look vastly different than they do these days. Uh, the ones these days, much like Yu-Gi-Oh! and stuff like that, when they started having all these rules and these fucking, this microscopic type on these damn things. This Charizard, though, from back in the day, is, is no better. I think it was absolute bullshit that uh, Pokemon cards would have, like, crazy resistances. So if you have a weakness in Pokemon cards, it's twice damage. If you have a resistance, though, you just cut a certain number off of damage. In the case of Charizard, he uh, negates fighting by negative by 30. And what sucks in Pokemon cards is there's no rock type, which Charizard would technically be weak against. So fighting, which also means rock type Pokemon in the Pokemon card game. We're not, th there should almost be a spinoff for just the Pokemon card game. Uh, we'll be doing that. Anyways, I don't have much more to say. I got my uh, my Hades minute in there. Uh, playing a lot more of that this this coming week. I don't know in terms of what, what else is out new that I'm really interested in. NHL uh, 21 doesn't really do it for me. There's some kind of NHL 94 mode that will be coming out late in October for that. Other than that, it's kind of the tide, uh, you know, retreating before the deluge uh, later, uh, of course, in mid-November. Mid so we're all hanging in there. I know Reed has been playing Deus Ex. I don't know if he's submitting something to tell you all about that, but he found some joy in an old game, fired up an old 360, and was playing some Deus Ex Human Revolution, uh, which I hope he doesn't burn out on because Cyberpunk is coming right down the pipe. Reed, how's it going? Uh, not too bad, I guess. I found... What'd you have for lunch? I had Taco Bell <laughs> this week because it's Friday. Oh, fuck Friday, yeah. Friday's like the fucking kill yourself day, right? So... Yeah, man. Do you know what level of quarantine I'm at? Mm. Uh, for breakfast this morning, I had a leftover piece of chicken and a leftover piece of pizza. Hell yeah. Dude, I've had sandwiches at home, the same sandwich, like three nights in a row. Oh, that's fine. Yeah. That's, that's good. Like, I don't yeah. even care. Yeah, and I found video games to play finally. Like... Oh my god, Wild. you found video games. <laughs> well, you uh, you managed to, I mean, this seemed elaborate, but you got around having to sit through me gush about uh, Hades for like 12 minutes. Uh, that's already happened in this episode. Uh, <laughs> so suffice it to say, probably up there in my top five games of the year, if not the game of the year. Uh, but we'll talk more about that later this year when I complete it. I uh, got a little further in it last night, even got to the last boss, what I assume is the last boss. There's apparently multiple endings. Uh, so that's all I'll say about Hades right now. And I was right. The final weapon you get in the game is a gun. Uh, you get like an eagle assault rifle that also shoots grenades. And it's pretty friggin' slick. Anyway, what did you find to play to fill your life? Um, <laughs> well, since we've been talking about Pokemon so much, I got back into competitive Sword and Shield. Um, so I've got right back into it. I am like, fuck, 10 and 3 and ranked for this particular season. I've been playing a shit ton of 6v6s different combinations uh what's really been working for me lately is self smash poltergeist with weakness policy into baton pass just absolutely fucking wrecks guys when i give a plus two special attack plus two speed to gudra or something like that how <laughs> many strategies hot strats in pokemon uh, revolve around baton pass 
Uh, act not a lot anymore, because uh, typically in actual tournaments and competitive scenes, baton pass is no longer allowed. Um, oh, wow. Oh, yeah, uh, well, it's it's far too effective of a tool, right? Like, like Right, but you got to set it up, like, and the other guy can do the same. Yes, right? but if, if the, like, so for example, this morning, dude leads with a Torkoal and I lead with a Poltergeist. This dude, even if he switches out, even if he hits me with a Heat Wave, or if he sets up rocks, I'm getting off this Shell Smash, and I'll survive the next attack no matter what. So he can do nothing except switch out. Well, I gave all huh. these stats to my other Pokemon. It's way too overpowered. Baton Pass has been around since, like, Gen 2, hasn't it? Uh, yes, but it's been banned and competitive since Gen 4. Wow. Yeah, it, like, bec- right. because you get sweep teams with Magikarp with it. Right. Like, it's way too wow. good. Um, so, yeah, I've been playing a <laughs> shit ton of Pokemon. Uh, just absolutely grinding, breeding lots. Uh, have so much BP, I don't even need to breed half the time, fuck. Uh, doing tons of competitive, I can't get enough of it. Um, while I'm doing that, I'm also I've gone headfirst back into Deus Ex, specifically Mankind Divided and Human Revolution. Um, now, describe to me what you tried to describe to me in a message last night. That okay, I, I didn't. Really <laughs> so get here's all of. some weird shit going on. Okay, so I'm playing Mankind Divided for like the second time, and this is my first Deus Ex, and I'm like, I should really play Human Revolution. Everybody says it's better. I have it. It's on my 360. Yeah. I just been lazy. So I, uh, At worst, they're, like, on par with one another. Yeah. <laughs> there's definitely things I like and dislike about each of them, but um, that's, near, that's not for today. Um, so I plug in the 360, put it in the game, and, you know, start a new game. It's working fine. But as soon as I get to the first loading screen of the game, or, in fact, when I die for the first time, it says, please insert disc 2. I'm like, uh, okay. So I insert disc 2, and it's just some random moment later in the game with a bunch of guns I never picked up and a bunch what? of augments I don't have. And I'm like, what the fuck? Okay, so I checked. You have never played the game before? I've never played, I've never gone past like the first level before. Um, so. It's fucking bizarre. Yeah, so then I'm like, okay, weird. So I look at my load list, and I go, and my load that I just had was there, like the one I started the game with. So I'm like, okay, whatever. I just select it, and it's like, Please insert disc one. So I did. Then I get to the intro of the game again, and I get to like the opening sequence after you've done the tutorial. This is please insert disc two. I'm like what the fuck? Okay. So I put disc two in, and it brings me back to that goddamn save again. What the heck? Did you install it on the hard drive? No. So I'm huh. so I'm like okay, okay, okay. Let's I'm like let's figure this out. So I'm like I'm playing this disc two version. I'm like, I have no fucking clue what's going on. Um, That's so bizarre. Yeah, so I did eventually fix it last night by, uh, what did I do? So I I played the disc 2 save, and I got to as far as I could for a loading screen and that, and then it told me to put disc 1 back in, and then it brought me <laughs> past the intro of the first disc. Then I saved <laughs> this onto a new file, so hopefully I shouldn't encounter this fucking issue anymore. That's uh, that's super weird. That's just like some kind of like. So I have a, a similar glitch I was dealing with with New Vegas on Xbox One. Is that I own the Ultimate Edition disc, but for some reason the DLC I purchased, uh, it's considering it the digital version because the game is now on Game Pass, and I've never seen this mentioned anywhere. But when I go to boot up from the disc, it would not have all my DLC loaded in because some of the DLC I had only from the Ultimate Edition that's disc. That's fucking. So what I, 
Stupid. So what I eventually had to do was buy the digital version of the game and the like two DLCs I was missing just so it would work. Now I'm playing it off of Game Pass. When it leaves Game Pass, I assume when I toss my disc version in, it's going to work. It's the only game I've ever had an issue with like that. But that sounds along the same lines that I could load up that game and be in the middle of the DLC and it would be like, oh, you can't load the save. You don't have the DLC when I'm playing on a disc that has it loaded on. Yeah, and uh, and like... I could see why Deus Ex would shoot me up there for some reason, because, like, I did buy the game But used. to approximate all of your gear and stuff is, like, haunted. Right, but I did buy, like, the <laughs> game used. What if it's just assuming that it's, like, a corrupted file? Because I don't have any saves for it, though. Like, yeah, it could just be, like, have a phantom save imprinted on the disc or something. No, no. Read. What the, what the fuck are you talking about? I don't fucking know. You explain it. <laughs> Dude, Haunted was way more believable than having the Phantom save that installed on your console. It's so bizarre. Yeah, I, I don't know what caused it, but it just kept telling me to insert disc two, and then I was playing a, a point in a game I've never seen before. Do you know how many creepypastas, like, start this way? Like, you're playing Deus Ex, and then it asks you to insert disc two, and then it shows you, like, a video of your own death. Yeah. <laughs> No, but like, but like, for all I know, Lee, like, this could be like the last third of the game. This could be like five minutes after where I last played the game, and I'm just not aware of it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not sure at what point weird. in the game this takes place. I just yeah, know- like, there's with cloud saving, it automatically pulls saves if you have them. But if you've never played the game before, then right. what the fuck are we? Like even at the about? beginning of the game, they're like, "What do you want? Non-lethal or lethal?" I go, "Non-lethal tranquilizer rifle." When I answer disc two, like it tells me to, all of a sudden I have an assault rifle and a double barrel shotgun. <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, yeah. That's super bizarre. Are, are you enjoying the game outside of the fact that it's being uh, told to you and yeah. disjointed? And- yes and no. Um, the game definitely has shown its age as far as just cheesiness goes. Like, it's just such a 2012 game. Like, I, yeah. I, I, I can't put it in other words there. Like, the cutscenes are all, like, filmy and grainy, and Adam Jensen is the only fucking character in the entire game with a good character model. And when he and when you see him before he turns into fucking robot Jesus, he is an ugly bastard. Like he's tall, he's got these fucking arms that are like six times bigger than him. I don't know, it's weird. Um, so the the graphics are turning you off. <laughs> the controls are way worse too. They don't give you the option for standard FPS controls like they do in Mankind Divided. So like no, because they they're not an FPS game, right? So they have to fuck the controls up. Right. So like sprint is like left bumper. Uh, yeah, hell yeah. Aim is right click on the stick. Like a bunch of bullshit that like some kill zone bullshit. Yeah, like makes no sense <laughs> in the context of modern first person shooters. Um, it's hard to really gauge without going t- deep into the game. Like I'm barely in it, so I don't know what any of the augments are like. I don't know if the story is any better. Uh, I basically just want to punch innocent people into unconsciousness and put them into rooms with one yeah. another. That's basically That's the way it. to do it. Yeah. Arm swords and shit. I have you, uh, other than Pokemon and Deus Ex, have you found anything else? Uh, nope, just playing through those. I really want to play the original Deus Ex. That'd be fucking fun. I got on my PC. I might yeah. do that. I'm sure your PC could run it. Yeah. Right? That yeah. game's like from 1999 or some shit. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure I could fucking run it. Uh, I'm basically just hoping that you crush Pokemon at some point, so you and me can uh, start getting some battles. I, I was saying what a the, what a what a change that would be going from Hades, which is a game where you pop off involuntarily because of how intense it is, to going back to Pokemon, where I'm just like Metal Claw, Slash, Metal Claw. Okay, Wait, Pokeball. You, no, well, no, Lee, I'm not talking about like let's play the story mode together. I'm saying you need need to do some fucking battles online. 
Yeah, but there's some story mode I have to finish before, it, <laughs> before I get to that point. It's like, hey, man, you want a pizza? Yeah, okay, just eat this bag of shit. Uh, bowl of spinach. But yeah, <laughs> eat this bag of shit first. I was going to go with something else edible, but ooh, fuck it, I guess. Uh, so I covered all the news of the week uh, already in this episode in the prequel. However, uh, did you get to see the new PlayStation UI? Do you have any thoughts on the UI of your, your video game console? Because you, you now have a confirmed pre-order for a PlayStation 5. I do. Reed will be playing the PlayStation 5 day one. Demon Souls. Yeah, uh, I have not seen the PlayStation 5 UI, so I'm going to look that it's up. It's right kind now. of PS5 yeah, more UI. simplified version of the PlayStation 4 one that currently exists. They, of course, just did uh, the 8.0 firmware update. Uh, and I kind of talked about that already with uh, them now being able to contr- uh, actually record party chats for moderation purposes. Um, uh, yeah, the UI just kind of looks like PS4, but a little bit different. Yeah, sure. That's all we can hope for. Yeah. Right? <laughs> like, I've never been one of those guys who are like, I need good UI to, <laughs> to play this. I All I need it to be is not bad. Yeah, uh, just don't be bad. And Xbox is right on the line with being bad. So uh, I, I didn't play any Avengers last week. I did mention that there was a huge Avengers update that added a new mode and a new area. What? Uh, the announcement today, because you're here, so you have to listen to this, is that the upgrades, the next-gen upgrades for PS5 and Xbox Series X have been delayed. <laughs> um, the first new character has also been delayed. Okay, uh, so, so no one. Know. So this game's dead now, for sure. Like, Yeah. It, that's that's usually how it goes, right? It's like, just like you no got, one's you playing got, the current. You didn't have more characters and more content out in the first place, and you think people are still going to play after delays? There's at a certain point where you're like, the value for this game is so fucked that it would be really messed up for them to have offered DLC paid characters on day one. But now I'm kind of wishing they did, just so there was something left to squeeze out of this game, right. even if it was for five, ten bucks. Right. And at this uh, point, de- the only thing that would possibly bring me back is if they release these extra characters for free. I mean, really, if they end up releasing these characters and they, you know, there's a let's say there's a season pass or there's or something like that, it's thirty bucks. For these four characters and, and whatever modes are coming with it, I I can't see. I will never you. do that. Yeah, and I ended up playing more after you you kind of quit and moved away from the game just because I needed to know is this it? Like I got to a point in Anthem where I'm like there there is nothing for me to do. There is nothing for me to do in this game. There's no reason to keep playing. I have end game gear. There's no one to do the high difficulty missions with. Avengers is the same thing. The telltale sign of a game like this taking its uh, final nosedive is the we're delaying the new content to work on the existing content because players are dropping off so rapidly. Even though this game is selling well, like, people are buying it. They're just bouncing off of it. Well, no, most Uh, people are buying it for their fucking eight-year-old kid who's going to beat the story in, like, a day, right? And then that's it. (laughs) That's all this had over Anthem is just like, holy shit, you got the fucking Avengers IP. Yeah. Like... So, yeah, their eight-year-old kids are all going to go home, beat Avengers, and they're like, okay, that was fun. Let's go Black Black Plane Warzone or Fortnite or something, like... Yeah, like I, I don't see how this <laughs> this captures anyone's attention, especially children, when they have uh, all these other games that are very similar in practice, but just give you way more content. Especially at the rate that they go through that content. Right, right. Like because, me and you, and you can't, only have, s- and you can't say yeah. this game wasn't marketed for children when Kamala Khan is very obviously the insert character here. She was clearly not a part of this fucking game when it was being made initially. No, the uh, the fact that you are majorly fighting robots in very violent fashion is is all I need to, to see to like the '90s Spider-Man cartoon where all the cops have laser guns. Yes, exactly. Like Punisher uh, shooting people with pew pew. Yeah. 
Punisher's got his non-lethal Moonraker laser that he's just shooting <laughs> yeah. everybody with. Um, anyway, th- so Sega apologizes. Uh, they called a uh, Crunchborn Golden Axe game janky and buggy. Basically, there was a remake of Golden Axe. You know, they're doing like Streets of Rage. They've done yeah, some yeah. other uh, reboots of their other franchises here coming up to their 60th anniversary. Uh, they titled it Golden Axed. Um, and uh, they're, they're putting this thing out in like two days for free. They're offering like this vertical slice demo of this game that never came to be. Just because it's kind of neat. Uh, and it's something they can, you know, release for free to the to their fans or whatever. Uh, so this thing was apparently uh, being worked on by Sega, Sega Studios Australia, uh, and it has like a it has a look to it. Like they were going for something. And uh, on Thursday, developer uh, Tim Dawson called Golden Axe Reborn my personal nexus of nightmare hours, inept management, industry re- realizations, and heroics achieved with a small team under unreasonable conditions. Uh, he said that basically in response to Sega saying, "Hey, we're putting this thing out." Uh, and we're sorry that it's janky and buggy. And he, like, took offense to that because he's like, well, fucking my team killed ourselves to try to get this thing done. You rushed it into into a market, into a demo where it just wasn't ready to be shown and, and nothing became of it. Uh, so he was a bit salty about that. But you'll be able to play this thing uh, on Sunday. So check that out. Sure. I don't know. Sure. Yeah. Uh, man, like, the, these Sega remakes and stuff like that, like, the Streets of Rage 4 was great. Uh, Sonic Mania, uh, you know, from the ground up was just like, oh, shit. Finally, someone figured out how to make a fucking Sonic game. I don't, like, the Sonic Advance games were fine. They had most of the same momentum and things that made the original Sonic games good. But goddamn, did they lose their way for so long there. Like, they just couldn't get the feel of the game down whatsoever. It's insane. Like, it's like if you played, if you started playing uh, Call of Duty Cold War and it just felt like Deus Ex 2012. Like, you're like, what happened here? <laughs> Why is the shooting? You had it. Why I'm... is the shooting almost unshootable? Why is it bad? Uh, <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of it all I had for, for news. Obviously, I covered a bunch of stuff in the prequel, covered what I was playing. Uh, is there anything else you want to talk about before we head back into the world of pocket monsters? Uh, not particularly, I guess. Just really pumped to get my fucking PS5 and have a console that doesn't sound like a goddamn jet engine in my living room. Goddamn. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully the, uh, I mean, they made this thing big and dumb uh, for the exact purpose of it. We can, we have to cool it. Like the actual console here, if they didn't have to worry about heat sinks and fans, you know, would be tiny. It would be the size of the microphone I'm using. Uh, but because of all that that computing power, they got to make those the big popped collar on the damn thing. Oh so. yeah, I know, and I think it's like one, like I can't wait till I have my PS5. But I still do think it's one of the ugliest fucking consoles ever made. I think it's just. I'm really hoping the yeah, like the subsequent redesigns, which there will be, of course, are uh, are you know they are able to scale it back and, right. and make it look more like this is what like if you ask somebody in 2013, what would a future console look like? They'd be like this. But yeah. like, and you'd be like, "You're fu- That's awful. Yeah, it looks um, like shit. Here we are. Where's the squares? Where's the edges? Where's the black?" <laughs> I mean, yes, we're coming out of a generation where everything was basically a, a black plastic Kleenex box of varying sizes and and trapezoidal shapes. Uh, so you know, let's you take you win some, you lose some. Like the PlayStation Four, it, it's like. It's fine because it just blends in, but it's not a cool design. But no, I love it's the a fucking PS4. Square. Like it fits with all of my furniture at home because it's all black and it's like regular looking and shit. Yeah, Rolling Stones over here. <laughs> <laughs> Pokemon, read. Yeah, listen to me. We have we have some corrections. Oh, I have corrections. I'm sorry. We have to do it. Uh, last week we were rapid fire talking about things uh, in Gen Two and and stuff like that, and uh, you mistook. 
Chuck as the gym leader for Cinnabar Island, what you meant was Cianwood. Wow, well, whatever, uh, fuck. <laughs> hey, listen, this matters. Uh, and then I said, uh, I was I was all proud, high and mighty, talking about Spinnerack and Ladybug. I, I completely swapped the versions. Spinnerack is in gold, Ladybug is in mm. silver. I've only So now crystal. we can sleep at night. <laughs> oh, we were going to talk about Baldur's Gate. We totally didn't. Ah, oh, whatever, next week. <laughs> yeah, fuck it. Okay. <laughs> Pokemon! Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we uh, we didn't start talking about Gen three last week. We we teased it. So we're kind of starting from a blank slate here. Um, Gen three and two have now had like full on remakes. Uh, yep. uh, Soul Silver, Heart Gold were on Omega Ruby uh, the and original Alpha DS, and then of course uh, the. 3DS got Alpha, Sapphire, Omega, Ruby. So we've had updates for both of these gens. Of course, people are highly anticipating the remakes of uh, Diamond and Pearl with all of today's Pokemon uh, bells and whistles. <laughs> I'm, I'm, well, I, th- I thought you were just going to say all of today's Pokemon. All of today's Pokemon, period. That's, all the whole Pokedex. That's be not going to happen. <laughs> I, yeah, you, uh, you are a big supporter of gen 4 so i'm sure you would love to see in 2021 2022 some kind of switch I, remake i of... wouldn't even say i'm a big supporter of gen 4 mostly what gen 4 brought to the table yeah, yeah. Uh, i would also say that gen 4 is the last classic pokemon game in, in that we in the we... sense of innovating and um really shaking things up but still having the very core concept i would agree with that it's the final fantasy 10 of Pokemon. Yes. Games. Great. Yes. Thank you, Lee. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so in Gen 3, we're dealing with the Heon region. We're dealing with... Hoenn. Oh, boy. This thing came out in 2002, Hoenn. man. Hoenn on the Game region. Boy Advance. It was the first main series Pokemon game on the Game Boy Advance. Um, it was not the only. Pokemon Fire Red and Leaf Green, the remakes of the Kanto region games, also were released. And then there was a special edition called Pokemon Emerald. Uh, which put Rayquaza more in the uh, the spotlight uh, of the game. Uh, it's the Hoenn region, Lee. Hoenn? Yeah, it's the Hoenn region. Oh, sorry. Okay. I've, I'm dyslexic, apparently. <laughs> uh, the, uh, the third generation introduced 135 new Pokemon. Uh, at the time, I was really kind of hit or miss with this edition of Pokemon. Now I see them more... They're more classic. Like, I'm more used to them uh, and, and, and enjoy them. This uh, brought the total to 386... Pokemons. Uh, it also features a uh, more visually detailed environment compared to previous games due to the graphical capabilities of the Game Boy Advance, of course. Uh, this is the generation that introduced natures, which affect Pokemon stats. Abilities. Uh, they introduced 2v2 Pokemon battling mechanics, and of course, the special ability system applying to each Pokemon in battle. Uh, this this generation also, also introduced the Pokemon Contest, that thing you do once and then ignore for the rest of the game, uh, for every game... Uh, Subsequently, and then secret bases, uh, which were customizable rooms, not unlike your room in Gen 2, uh, but of course you could choose where you set your secret base, and uh, if you connected to other people, I think, you could see their bases in your game, or some shit like that. Um, this generation also garnered some criticism for leaving out several gameplay features, including the day-to-night system introduced in the previous generation, which was removed due to the internal battery save problems, and was also the first installment that encouraged the player to collect merely a selected assortment of the total number of Pokemon, rather than every existing species. 202 out of 386 species are catchable in Ruby and Sapphire, and of course, transferring the rest in uh, is not 
possible. And um, also not said specifically for this generation, but I would say besides Gen 4, the biggest leap as far as move pools go. If you played Gen 2, the move pools, especially for like water, electric, and fire types, suck ass. It's like you get you get Ember and then you get Fire Blast. Like there's no in between there. Um, a flamethrower. Well, yeah, flamethrower, but the like flame the, tackle. <laughs> but there's nothing in between there. What I love about Gen Three was just the vast addition of moves they added into the game. All the pulse moves, dark pulse and water pulse. Uh, yeah, sh- shockwave, all that stuff. Um, I would also feel that Gen Three was the first uh, Gen where we started to get really uh, bizarre uh, dual type Pokemon. Yeah, yeah, dual type, very yeah. specific ability Pokemon that are meant to be played in a specific way. Um, this was really, this is really the very beginnings of them turning towards a more competitive format, uh, which you'll see really blossom in Gen Four. Yeah, and then the Pokemon abilities, uh, of course the nature thing is more to do with racing Pokemon, but the Pokemon abilities changes the way battles work with these abilities doing anything from lowering your opponent's stats at the beginning of a match, uh, oh shit, powering up certain types of moves in a pinch. There are uh, Levitate, where Pokemon that would normally be uh, weak to ground are now off the ground and cannot be affected by ground type moves. Um, there's, there's there's so many there's I can't so even, many abilities I, you can't name possibly all of them and they range from absolutely fucking useless to absolutely game breaking uh yeah and in between it makes some previously absolutely fucking useless pokemon all of a sudden fantastic gengar yes. the, the gengar family is a prime example one of their weaknesses was ground all of a sudden they all have levitate now they're no longer uh hurt by earthquake it's huge yeah because of that slash poison um the the main criticism of this series, uh, from a from a story point of view, uh, was this is where we we took the criminal element of the game and they became almost an apocalyptic cult, and like if you depending on which vision uh, version you're playing, you team with one or the other, which immediately is like WWE wrestling booking, and then you were trying to prevent the other team from summoning the like apocalyptic legendary Pokemon in Kyogiri. Is that what we're going with pronunciation? Kyogiri, what? Kyogiri? Oh, Cairo. It's Kyroger. Kyrogiri is how I used to pronounce it, it's, but I thought you gave Kyro, a shit about it's that. It's Kyro, and then Gr- Groudon, and Rick Groudon, yeah. Uh, so these Pokemon in themselves, in design, I think are really neat. Yeah. Uh, and, the, and the stories behind them are cool, but it's the first time we have transformed the legendary Pokemon aspect of the game into an apocalyptic thing, a world-ending event that the player character, right. in addition to collecting all the badges and, and becoming the Pokemon champion right. of you the could, region, you could, now has to deal with. You could even specify that more and say, in Generation 1 and 2, the legendary slash mysterious Pokemon were just that. They were mysterious. They were extra content you could do if you so chose to. And they were yes. hinted at in the main story without being the focus of the main story. Right. Gen 3 is the turning point, and pretty much every Pokemon since then has had this, where the legendary Pokemon is now the focus of that game. Which is good or bad, depending on your choice or your taste. I personally prefer mystery and subtlety behind the legendary Pokemon. Yes. I, I like yeah. having the imagination up to the player, and it being like... it like I, I like it better being like, this Pokemon has been just out and about for hundreds of years and no one's ever really known anything about it you just did because you're that good enough of a trainer not because you're special and it happened in the story exactly you you are now assuming a role of a trainer the same thing that every other person that plays this game is doing it is not something you have in your own agency right taken upon yourself to uncover how lame would it have been lee in generation two if once you beat champion lance uh he's just like oh by the way you have to beat the actual champion and it's red 
as opposed yeah, to tells you to go beat them. Yeah, <laughs> as opposed to finding red on your lonesome maybe in Mount Silver and being surprised by the most epic fucking Pokemon battle of all time. <laughs> like, uh, like you laugh, yeah. but like that's like that's what it is. Uh, yeah, I really do miss the the mystery, the subtlety that Pokemon used to offer. Um, it's it's a shame, it's a shame. Definitely. Uh, and in doing so, because uh, depending on the version you play, either we're dealing with a magma apocalypse or a we flood the earth apocalypse, uh, this this map is very 50-50. Yes, it is div- diverse in the graphics and, and how they can actually differentiate the regions and have weather in the game come into play in the battles. That's all well and good. Uh, you know, there's a lot of graphical enhancements here that I think made the game flashy in a way that the Switch, like Sword and Shield, are, uh, where you, mm, like, the style over substance thing. I have no problem with Gale of Darkness. I have no problem with Pokemon Coliseum, where they give me a named character, and I'm assuming a role in the Pokemon universe. In fact, I would like more games like that, but for the main series, this was a turning point for me, is why I I still consider Gen 2... I, I j- the best uh, is that this one never grabbed me like previous Pokemon games did, um, but here we are. Uh, it's it's a fine game. I like the additions of the Pokemon. Right. I don't know if there's really much more to say about this game. Um, uh, it's it seemed like Gen One and Two had I don't want to say more respect for the player, um, but they definitely understood that not every single one of their players is a fucking four year old. If that makes sense, like it feels like Gen Three is the start of the big hand holding, uh, the the feeding of the story to such a degree that you can't figure out anything for yourself and stuff like that, and it only yeah, get worse. I, I, black and white was really the reemergence. It was like the we're starting over. Uh, the veterans will get in here. The thing they will find difficult about this game is they have to deal with a Pokedex full of Pokemon they've never seen before. And then for the new players, we're tutorializing now. Every game after this is going to be. We're going to extend the intro segment so that we explain fucking painstakingly everything. You won't have a rival anymore. You'll have friends of yours that you fight. Yeah. Uh, all that shit. Right. Uh, is, is, Generation yeah. 1 and 2 felt more like classic RPGs rather than Pokemon games. Um, yeah. Yeah. I see what you're getting at. Yeah. I, I don't know how I'm supposed to describe that. But yeah, like Gen 3 and Forward all seem almost like their own very specific subgenre JRPG. Whereas 1 and 2 felt like it could have been a SNES game that just happened to be a monster collecting game. How do you feel about Deoxys? I, I have no particular feelings. <laughs> you have no, no strong opinion. I thought Deoxys was a really cool design. Uh, and I think as a legendary, as a mystery, as like this intergalactic Pokemon that it could take on different forms uh, and learn different abilities, it kind of harkened back to Mew and Mewtwo for me. Uh, that Mew was really this blank slate Pokemon that learned to move every 10 levels. That was kind of interesting. Like, we didn't even talk about that. Mew can learn Transform. So we're talking about a Pokemon that can become any other Pokemon. He's the only Pokemon to learn Transform outside of Ditto. Yeah. Um, uh, and for, for Deoxys to have that Meteorite thing where it's like, oh, now he's Defense Mode. And I can level him up there to get this move. Oh, now he's Speed Mode. And I can level. I thought that was kind of a cool just, legendary Just gimmick. as a personal thing, I've never had any particular interest in legendary Pokemon. Uh, not only because I'm just more of a competitive player that doesn't deal with them anyway. But I just don't think they're really fucking interesting, to be honest. Like, I think a Pokemon like Ekans is vastly more interesting than a Pokemon <laughs> like Deoxys. And seriously, like... I mean, yeah, it's snakes spelled backwards. Right? No, but, like, <laughs> like, like every, it seems like every year they're just like, oh, here's another legendary Pokemon that can absorb the sun and shit out rainbows or some bullshit. And it's, like, has billions of stats. 
what I find vastly more interesting in Pokemon is taking a mediocre Pokemon and finding a way for it to be great. Uh, yeah, the the competitive scene uh, around around Pokemon and just having so many legendaries and having their stats be ridiculous, so high base level and giving them all those moves and stuff like that. Right, it, like at a certain point they got carried away. Right, like and the game started having dozens of legendaries in them or sub sub legendaries like a Heat Ran or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and then uh, uh, it goes further than that too. Like when legendaries become a central part of the story. Like, I, you're basically telling me, you, like, you should you really capture and use this Pokemon, and I'm going to be every time, no. Like, that's not what I'm fucking playing this game for. I didn't play this game because I want fucking Rayquaza, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. And for... We, there, is, there is one story element, we, there, like, there's two things in this game that I don't know if you, you remember that well or not. The fact that the player's father is one of the gym leaders. Yeah, it's very different, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. You don't see that in Pokemon because it's assumed that everybody is a fatherless bastard. <laughs> Father <laughs> eaten by by Pokemons. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so yeah. I, yeah, I've never really taken any interest in legendary Pokemon. And the other thing is is that everybody uses legendary Pokemon. What's unique about that? I fucking love Crobat. And half the reason why I do is because I feel like nobody likes fucking Crobat. <laughs> hey. He's speedy. He's very speedy. He's real good and speedy. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, we can go into Gen 4. Or we can kind of leave that for next week at this point. It's kind of up to you. Do you want to tease it? Just a little taster Yeah. Gen if 4? We, if, let's just get into what exactly has changed in Gen 4 before we really get into the big details. Uh, Gen 4 was really Nintendo evaluating the Pokemon series. I believe, and I don't know if this is correct or not. This is just what I heard before on the internet, that Ruby, Sapphire, and Emerald did not sell like they should have for Pokemon games. And they were like, okay, like, what do we do? We need to take a step back. How do we improve this? And they decided to really use the full capabilities of the DS at the time to push more of a competitive online-based battle format, along with the fact of really rejuvenating the story to more of a, I don't want to say a classic one, um, but a, a very typical story. And then also just revamping the entire battle system through the special physical split for moves. Uh, I know for me personally, that is what brought me back to Pokemon was suddenly realizing that, oh, Flareon, who was previously has a huge attack stat, but in generations one, two, and three, fire is purely special. It doesn't matter if you use fire punch, it's going to be a special move. Now Flareon all of a sudden has access to physical fire moves. Completely different Pokemon changes everything. Um, yeah. This is... this. I, uh, this is Nintendo adding Wi-Fi battle capability, people creating strategies off of different Pokemon, putting them in tiers, the creation of Smogon. Um, I could really <laughs> not underestimate how big Gen 4 is as far as Pokemon goes. Like, uh, it's it's crazy. It's crazy. I don't know how someone's supposed to describe it. Uh <laughs> Uh, another 107 species were added, bringing the total to just under 500 at 493. Uh, this game also, of course, introduced Arceus, the creation myth Pokemon, which throws a uh, wrench into our didn't Pokemon come from, from space thing? But then the they also games. came from Mew and South of Africa, like America, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, whatever the case, uh, recently, this is how we'll end this, uh, all those, like, uh, beta sprites came out, and there was, like, the original Arceus sprite. I don't know if you ever ended up looking this thing up, uh, but he was kind of like an amorphous, like, quadruped blob with these, like, red eyes, and it was kind of more of a Mew oh, yeah, kind of take. Oh, yeah, I see but it he, now. 
Yeah, but he didn't. He that didn't look like any terrifying. discernible creature. He was just like a like a god blob and a man. That's terrifying. Wish we got that, Arceus. <laughs> no, but like if you were like, what's a god Pokemon? You would be like, would what I I like the idea of having this little crafty and fucking overlord of like. Like, humans can't even perceive the orig- the true form of this god of Pokemon. Like, it's just this fucking nothing. <laughs> no, it's, it's, no, but that'd be way more up the old school macabre Pokemon thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, it would be I really mean, cool. Depends what you're into, I guess. No. I like to think of Pokemon as these little creatures that came to Earth to live among us, not these little creatures that were born of this fucking dog in space with infinite power. But, you know, to each their own. If you gotta have uh, a we dog will explore with more. infinite power. <laughs> what's, that? what's that? If you have to have a dog with infinite power, it should look like uh, Lovecraftian <laughs> the, nothing. The, the fucking board with all the, the like uh, yarn drawn between all the different points at the very center. It's just like a dog with infinite power. Yeah. Uh, so the Sinnoh region? The Sinnoh is that what region. we're going with? Yep. Okay, uh, we'll talk about that next week with 4th Gen. Of course, the remakes of our favorite Pokemon games. Uh, and Gen arguably 2, the Gold, greatest... Soul po- Silver, the int- I would say the yeah, greatest the Pokemon Walker. games. Yeah, the, well, the DS version of HeartGold, Silver would be like the thing you would see. If someone's like, I'm playing Pokemon for the first time. It'd be like... Play this one. That's, that's probably it, because of course it has the physical... Uh, special split. So even if you love those games, it's like playing them all over again. Oh yeah, and uh, etc. And you have Pokemon falling around in it. Oh, it's so good. It's any of Kanto and Jota. It's so good. It's all there, baby. Uh, I'm gonna throw it to myself now to uh, to say goodbye. Reed, thank you for joining me on this Frankenstein episode, and we'll talk to you again next week. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> anyway, if you have uh, any topics, questions whatever comments uh at tis iceberg is us on twitter lee at iceberg.com is my email address you can leave questions and topics however anywhere you see this posted in the comments section thank you as always for listening back to the regular format next week god willing and i'll be back in a few days to talk about AEW dynamite from last night the 14th the big anniversary show looking forward to it thanks for signing up that's been lee for the public beta podcast (laughs) 